All right, welcome to the Money Puzzle. I am Brian Ramsey. That is Chris Vaughn. No, I'm just kidding you. That's Eric Douglas and Chris Vaughn. I'm never going to let him live you in that. You never know what you're going to, at this point in time, I don't know if you're going to just point at us and we're sitting here dumbfounded if you're going to say names. It's just how we're, and those are two guys out there that are crazy. I wish we could get a camera and show you. It's, uh, we've been sitting here, I think we're all a little giggly from We're a little smell right now from yeah, that it's crazy. acetate or whatever that smell is. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a super strong smell and these guys it's have no mask on. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Anyway, all right, so last week uh, we talked about taxes. And so if you, if you missed that episode, make sure you go back. If you missed any episode, go back to our website or uh, well, Family Love Planning Partners, you can Google us or you can go to... Um, you can Google The Money Puzzle, and you can find us on YouTube as well, or you can find us on any of the podcast channels. Uh, just Google The Money Puzzle or search The Money Puzzle. Our phone number, in case you are listening, 502-200-5210. If you got any questions about anything that we're talking about and want to come in and meet with us, uh, make sure you do that because uh, we don't charge you for that. So come in and talk to, about, talk to us about anything you want. Now, last week we talked about taxes. This week... Is another relevant topic. Uh, we are in the middle of May of 2022 when we're recording this. And if you have paid attention at all to the markets, the markets are a little sideways. Might yeah. be a nice a way to put sideways. it. All right. Sideways is being generous. <laughs> yep, a little sideways. Actually, yeah. uh, I think last week we touched the bear market, which is by definition is uh, a 20% fall off from its all-time high. So the S&P hit that. The NASDAQ, I think, has been in a bear market. Yeah, it's been for, there. It's been there for a while. And so we get a lot of calls when all of a sudden CNBC and Fox Business starts blasting all over, you know, bear market and uh, inflation fears and recession, you name it all. And we get lots of calls. But the one thing that we get calls around is cash. What should I do with my cash? I've got cash. Or, you know, what should I do? So what we thought we'd do is kind of break down how we view cash. Okay. So first and foremost, uh, one of you guys talk about, there's really two types of, it's cash is cash, but there's two types of cash. There's one, uh, cash that would be in your checking and savings account, how we view that. And then number two, uh, anything else cash that is earmarked for later, we view that as sort of investment cash, if you will, okay? So let's talk about what's sort of our opinion around cash that's in a safe checking and savings. How, what do we need to do? Well, I would generally say that's that's your emergency fund. Right. You know, the old Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. approach, that's your six months worth of expenses or however many months of you know personal living expenses that you yep. want to have in reserve just in case of emergency. Break open glass in case of an emergency. So you know, most people say six months. Some people are comfortable with, with three. Other people feel more comfortable with, with one year's worth of mm -hmm. you know expenses. Uh, but, but that's your cash reserves. Those are your savings. That should be sitting in a savings account not really exposed to any risk, at least any market risk, so to speak. Yeah, right. That's when you need to get any kind of, you know, you need to get new tires on the car, you need to replace the dishwasher, whatever it is. You have money set aside available at the drop of a dime uh, if, if and when you need it. And that's different from what you're going to talk about. I'll let you go into kind of our first bucket, if you will, right. of, of, you know, investment cash. If you okay. Well, let's real quick before we get there, let's talk about checking and savings real quick because we get lots of questions around yeah. You know, well, how much should I keep in my checking account? How much should I have in my savings account? There is a rule of thumb, three to six months, but here's what I will tell you. Your checking account, we would call, we, we really refer to that as your operating account. That's the account that you're paying your bills in and out of, right? So that account 
is a personal preference on what you keep in there. I have people that come in here that all the time they say, well, you know, typically what happens is, you know, you're spending the account down throughout the month and then you get paid, whether it be Social Security or a pension mm -hmm. or annuity payment or whatever income that you would normally get you from a job. It sort of fills that bucket back up. And then you spend down through the month and then it gets filled back up. So whatever that balance is, is a personal preference. I've had folks that have come in that keep $1,500 in there. That would drive me insane. I've had people with five digits and it just it makes my skin crawl because it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, and you could also have someone that keeps hundreds of thousands of dollars in their checking account. It's a personal preference. I really say it's the same thing on the savings account side. Yes, it's three to six months worth. That's sort of the philosophy. But I will also say it's really whatever you feel comfortable. Yeah. Sometimes it could be more than that. Sometimes it could be less than that. It's whatever you feel comfortable. Once you have those two buckets full and you've got a strategy in place every month, you're completing, you're filling up those buckets. Anything above and, the, above and beyond that should go over to this cash. It's earmarked towards investments. I think that's where we're going to go. So just know there's two separate types of cash. That piece of it, and now we're going to talk more about cash that we want to earmark to something. Well, before we go all the way into that, let me add something to it. Um, Eric and I were actually having this conversation with somebody uh, earlier today. Uh, one of the problems with keeping too much cash in savings account, which, I mean, that's a, that's a viable thing, is keep in mind that your savings account is growing at maybe 0 0.5, 0 0.6 if you've got a high-yield account. And then compare that with inflation. It's a guaranteed loss of value when inflation is higher than what your savings account is getting you. So keeping too much in there is actually arguably the highest risk investment that you have. So that, that's where we caution people not to go too far with that. So sorry I had to throw that one in. No, yeah, that was on my list like five things down. That's oh, okay, okay, sorry, got to no, have it. I'm kidding. All right, so let's talk about short-term cash. All right. Okay, so now we've, so we've got the checking and savings accounts taken care of. Now we've got cash that... We know we are going to use, mm -hmm. let's say, five to ten years out. Those are the kind of buckets. You got right. from zero to five. That's one bucket that we talk about a lot, and then from five to ten. So right. kind of talk about what the strategy is. Okay, so what we're talking about now is somebody who is already retired, and they're they're taking an income stream from their investments. Or nearing retirement. Or nearing, right, yeah. right. Um, so your earlier part of that, where you can't really afford to take investment risk because if the market does what it's done so far this year, it could be catastrophic if you're you know highly invested and you're about to retire just starting. So you move into cash in those positions and your paycheck, if you will, uh, that you're paying yourself from your investments is coming from the cash inside of those accounts. And keep in mind, we talked about accounts last week. You know, you've got traditional IRAs and 401ks and Roths and all that. You can have cash in all of those, and you're pulling from that based upon what's the most tax efficient. But you're pulling cash from it. You're not constantly selling positions because that's like trying to time the market, and we know you're never going to get that right. Uh, and do you want me to go into like the next bucket, or or you want to? Let's keep it short. Let's keep short term for right okay, now. Okay. So just on the short term side, you keep all of that in cash or cash-like investments because you just cannot stomach the investment risk because of the window when you're going to be using it. And, and it's important to further emphasize the distinction between someone in the accumulation and someone in retirement or, or the income yeah. phase uh, of, their, of, their, uh, of their life. Um, because if you're in your accumulation stage, you're still working, you're still earning money from a job or 
self-employed income or whatever the case may be. So that's where that emergency fund really comes into play. That we'll, we'll just kind of stick with the six months worth of living expenses there. This is when you're paying yourself, you need to have far more than that on hand. Right. Because let's say you need, your income needs to be set really for the next couple of years out at least. Mm -hmm. And you really don't want your income for the next couple of years to be exposed to market risk. Now, yes, it is exposed to purchasing power or inflation risk because the value of a dollar in a year is not going to be the same as the value of a dollar today. Sure, and that is obviously one level of risk. That's why we don't want to put too much into that one. That's why bucket. you do a couple, maybe three years out, not five or ten. Exactly, exactly. So if you think about your income stage and divide that up into different buckets, that short-term bucket, that's where you're going to draw your income from for the next couple of years. That always needs to be filled up with, with cash or cash equivalents. I think what you're wanting to get into is kind of that second bucket. Mm -hmm. Ready to move on at this sure. point. Yeah, we'll talk about how to fill that one up. Yeah, so real quick, here's here's a, if I, if we're looking at very short-term cash, we get this question a lot. Oh, I've got this money. You know, what should I do with it? Well, okay, what's the purpose of it? Well, you know, it's, uh, I know I'm going to buy a house in two years, or I've got to buy a car in six months, or I've got to buy a car, buy a car in nine months. What, what our philosophy is around cash that has a specific purpose for a specific time period, less than two years, should never have any market volatility at all. No market exposure whatsoever. It should just be in your savings account. Even if it's 15 months out, it needs to be in a savings account. Zero risk. Yes, we understand it's not going to get a whole lot. Yes, we also understand that it can have an impact from an inflation standpoint, but we don't want that cash to go anywhere, right? So if cash has a specific purpose for a specific time period, less than two years, it needs to stay cash in your savings account. So just make that clear. Now, anything above and beyond that, we can get into a little right. bit longer time period. Okay, so if, if you want to go into that next time period, now you're dealing with, um, and once again, we're in our retirement years. We're providing an income for ourselves. That next bucket, you don't want to expose that to full market volatility either. Because as Eric said, you've got a couple, maybe three years of cash on the sideline paying yourself. Now we're talking about three, four, maybe five years out. How do you, what do you do with that money? Well, you don't want to leave it sitting in just a cash account because uh, you're, you're, you're exposed to too much inflation risk. Right now that would be horrible but you don't want to go full market risk either. So now you go into more conservative investments. Uh, this is a good place. I know this can be a bad word, but this can for some people be a good place for a short-term annuity where you get maybe a fixed rate of say 3%, 3.5%. You know you can count on that money being there at a certain period of time. This is where you get into, you're still dealing with cash equivalents. Uh, but instead of staying in cash for that, you can allow your money to grow. You just kind of place too much risk into it. Yeah, we're also looking at things like bonds, other fixed income Absolutely. types of vehicles. Um, in regards to annuities specifically, there's a whole host of pros and cons, and there's so many different types of yeah. an annuity out there, so we certainly don't want to say that's suitable uh, for everyone, um, especially for our compliance department right. as they're listening to so us. some people. Talk yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, for some people, they may be a suitable investment, and something certainly we can talk about, but um, ultimately, we're, we're taking far less risk than quote-unquote market risk, investing in equities or stocks. Right. Uh, we're looking more at bonds. We're looking more, in, and there's all kinds of different bonds, and you can diversify a bond portfolio quite a bit, just like you can diversify a stock portfolio. But we're looking at bonds. We're looking at fixed income instruments. Uh, 
uh, along with maybe potentially some type of a, a short-term annuity. I think the main thing here is that you know all the, the different things that the two of us mentioned, we're staying away from the equity side in these shorter-term things because the risk is just too high. Sure. Yeah. All right. So let's say let's say that we've got cash. Okay. And uh, this came up in your old conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we they had had a uh, prospective client. They had come in and had a conversation and said hundred thousand dollars sitting on the sidelines and. The conversation was, well, what's the purpose of that money? What, what do you, what's the intent? What are you going to do with it? And I think there was some, some, for some part of it, they were maybe used here shortly, but the bulk of it was, I don't really ever plan on, I don't need it. I don't plan on using it. It's really for my kids, for an inheritance. So when we're talking about cash that we don't necessarily, maybe it's not, maybe it's not earmarked to, to kids, but, um, but if, let's say, uh, you don't have any necessarily need for it right now. So it's really for much longer time period. What now at that point, how, how would we view that? Well, I mean, one philosophy, and we had this discussion because in this case, we had pensions and Social Security that were greater than, than what we were spending. So the cash on the sideline was actually growing. One philosophy is if you're going to end up giving this away, who are you going to be giving it away to? Is it your children? Is it your grandchildren? What's the intent long term? Well, if they already had the money, how would they be investing it? Since there's no real risk, if, if all of this went away instantly, you're not losing any lifestyle. How would those people invest it if they had it now? So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're talking about somebody who's, uh, say, an adult child in their 40s, they're 15, maybe 20 years away from retirement years, how would somebody invest their money if they were 15, 20 years away from retirement? On the other hand, what if it's a grandchild in their 20s, and we actually had that discussion? Mm -hmm. uh, now you're talking about somebody who, if it's, if it's not qualified money, they might be preparing to use it in the very short term because they want a down payment on a house or, uh, like Ryan was saying, you know, purchasing a car. If they're going to be using it for retirement, now you're talking about somebody who's possibly 40-plus years away from using that. That's a totally different type of investment risk you would take. And that's what people in that position, we would encourage them to think like that. But I think what is significant in this case of, of the, the, the client we just spoke with here, the, the percentage of cash that she was sitting on relative to her entire portfolio was dramatically too high. We are we are outside of that very short-term bucket. All of her income needs were already met by two pensions and Social Security. She wasn't even draw, She wasn't even paying herself from any of these investments. There was literally just cash sitting in her bank account that she was – not planning on using anytime soon, had no design or no plans for it, um, much less in the, in the near term. Um, so in that case, this is where we talked about inflation risk, purchasing mm -hmm. power risk, because that becomes a greater threat to her overall, to the overall success of her financial plan, being that that much cash in her portfolio is not going to be worth the same amount of money in you know a year, two right. years, three years down the road. So now you're really inhibiting the amount of money that she's able to leave as you know, as an estate to her, to her kids and grandkids. And, you know, we start, we start talking through that process and what that actually means. And then you come to find out, yes, yeah, she would actually like to make sure she leaves some money behind. And, and that was important to her. So if that is something that's important to her, then the way her portfolio is currently constructed is not the optimal way to be able to achieve that goal. And this kind of goes back to where I jumped the gun a few minutes ago. If you're keeping it in these cash accounts and you're never going to use the money, you know you're losing versus inflation. So her big concern was she was afraid of losing money. 
Well, she's guaranteed to be losing value by now. No. Kill, whose fault is it this time? Yeah, Kill the phone ringing. <laughs> uh, so in, in this case, you're, it's a guaranteed loss if inflation is greater than the interest rate you're getting because you're losing buying power, you're losing value. Mm -hmm. um, so the very thing that she was most concerned with, she was putting herself where there was no way to avoid. Yeah, so here's the other thing that I would just add to all this is I think it, a lot of this depends on what phase of life you're in, whether you're in the income phase of life or you're in the accumulation phase of life. So generally speaking, we don't know what you should do with that cash until you come in and say, Here's my entire situation. Uh, you know, what, what, what's your recommendation? So if you find yourself in that position, you do have a lot of cash, you're like, oh my gosh, what should I do? Uh, make sure that you, re you know, come see us or make sure you reach out to a professional to actually go through the planning process and determine what you really should do with that money. But let me say this, in the accumulation phase, what I've always told people that have longer time periods, um, you know, outside of setting your cash, levels for your checking and savings accounts, which we talked about earlier. Outside of that, that money should be put to work. So you need to be allocating that do those dollars somewhere, whether it's to a Roth IRA, an HSA, a non-taxable account, whatever it is, you need to put it to work um, because you don't need it. My cash equivalent is my paycheck. Well, we get paid once a month, right. but that, that's, my, that's my cash um, outside of my what I keep in my checking account. So I think it's different than if you're in retirement and all of a sudden you're in the distribution phase of life because now I'm not necessarily setting up my cash equivalents for retirement because I'm already there, right? right? So now we have a lot of folks that come in that say, hey, I've got all this cash sitting here. What should I do with it? Okay, well, let's, so you're in retirement. You're, you've got the income that's coming in. Let's look at things like long-term care. How are you ultimately going to pay for that? What are some of the things you could put in place today with that cash to help provide care for you as you age uh, through life. So I, I think the, percep the perception of what cash can do for you when you're in the accumulation phase of life is much different than what it could do when you're in the retirement Three. phase of life. And so uh, I just think it's important that you reach out to a professional. Um, come see us because we are professional. Believe it or not, um, we are. But if you'll come see us, we can sit down and determine What's the best course of action for cash that you have? Uh, I can't stress that enough. We have so many people that walk in the store that say, you know, we go through, and it's just like this lady you guys had. I mean, that's just one example of, you know, hundreds of examples that we could, that we could all give uh, because folks are just sitting on too much cash. So, again, today was all about cash. Um, it's just what you should do with cash depends on your specific needs. Uh, and it, uh, so anyway, it, it, I, I just encourage you to go, to go see a professional. So with that being said, this is a podcast we do. It is called The Money Puzzle. Uh, this is financially related. We also have another uh, podcast we do called Whatever. Something. <laughs> Not sure what that something's called. It um, used to be called. I still like the, uh, formerly the podcast known formerly known as. Formerly known as uh, the Burgers and Bourbon podcast. Gen Xers will get that one. Yep. So we, uh, so we, and we review bourbons. We dropped the burgers thing several months ago. But anyway, we do bourbons. So make sure you tune in and catch us on that. And uh, we also have a TV show that airs every Saturday morning at 10.30 on our ABC affiliate here in Louisville. And if you don't have time to catch that, make sure you go to our website or to YouTube. We post them every Saturday, I believe. Uh, so anyway, after, the, after it airs, we, it's, it's automatically posted. So just make sure you uh, check it out. We talk this exact same content 
We do here just in a little bit different form, uh, maybe a little bit different uh, spin on uh, some of the topics. But otherwise, that's it. So appreciate you guys watching, and I'll let Eric sign us off. Yep. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you could leave a rating and or a review, that would be greatly appreciated on whatever podcast channel that you are enjoying our content. If you have any friends or family that you think would be interested in anything that we are speaking about, please feel free to share it with them as well. We greatly appreciate that and look forward to uh, spending some more time with you here soon. The information given herein is taken from sources at IFP Advisors, LLC, doing businesses, independent financial partners, IFP, IFP Securities, doing businesses, IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFP's express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.